what will the city be doing with that notice? Is it just like they're registering the fact that this is going on? This is just to notice all the tenants that this program is in place. So that's one, but that's the other layer. The other layer is they're saying within 30 days, they would like every time you give someone a notice, which is a three-day pay or quit, all of your pay or quits have to go to the city. Before with California tenant protection, that was one month, correct? One month, yeah. You, you could, And you could also do a rent credit. So that's the one thing that's still sort of kind of up in the air. They said that they want the two months or the $5,000. That for every property, there has to be a registration or some sort of notice that's posted. Is that on every unit? So the notice itself is going to explain what the tenant protections have. They have not decided on how it's going to work for the posting. The way I think that they're envisioning it is it's sort of like your Proposition 65. You're gonna have a notice that's put up for your multifamily. Every single tenant has to be notified. Hi everybody, this is Jose Luis Morales. Welcome back to the Residual Real Estate Agent Show. This is episode number 102. Today we have Janet Sprissler. She's a property manager in Ventura County for the last 20 years. And today she's gonna to be sharing with us some of the recent changes in Oxnard rent control. And she's gonna be helping us understand how the Oxnard rent control differs from the California rent control. So welcome to the show, Janet. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I want to just say thank you up front for taking the time to do this. I know that you're probably one of the most educated people on this topic. I was not aware of what this was going on and I received a phone call from you and you kind of gave me an update and looking to, to help people understand this. So what is the Oxnard rent control? When did the talks of the rent control start and what has happened recently as well. So these actually started last fall. We thought we were coming to the table with, let's talk about should Oxnard have a rent control tenant protections act as part of their city. At the end of the meeting, they took a vote and no one expected that vote. And that's when the city council said, yes, we want a 5% rent cap for multifamily units, two units or more where the owner is not occupying unless that owner occupied it first. Also, we want more pieces to it. We want more tenant protections added to it. We want to have some sort of a code violation added to it. In December, there was no meeting due to the holidays. So they came back really strong here in February, the first meeting in February, and they had a special meeting. So it was just Tuesday, last Tuesday it was, where the city council met again. They put out the agendas a couple of days beforehand. And you can still find them on the city website under that special meeting for February. They separated out rent control from rent protections. So what that means is for the rent control, they, they've decided that it's going to be at the 5%. And that would be for two or more units. Two or more units on any plot of land is pretty much how AB 1482, which is the state control, it's how that is defined is equal to what is taken care of for the rent stabilization. However, AB 1482 also covers tenant protections. Since they lump both of those bills together, it falls under what's called Costa Hawkins. So Costa Hawkins says, hey, you can't do anything for new bills up to 15 years. Can't touch the single family homes, ADUs, granny flats. Now they, they separated them so that any entrance that has a separate entrance, any unit is now covered by tenant protection. So if you're renting out a single family home with an ADU and a granny flat, all three of them are now considered three units on that same plot of land, whereas before single families weren't. And that's for the city of Oxnard, basically. The city of now. Oxnard, currently. Okay. 
And then the 5% is obviously a cap where you can't increase the rent by more than that amount in a single year. Do you mind telling our viewers what it was before this? Because obviously we have the California rent control already in place, but this is a change that now it's a lower amount. It's 5% plus CPI with 1482. They go by the April CPI. So that change will be coming up this April. So just for our viewers to understand, if you own a property in Oxnard that is two units or more before it used to be 5% plus inflation, which I think for the last year or so, it was anywhere from four to 5%. Mm -hmm. That means you could have increased the rent about 9% now in Oxnard. When it goes into effect, you can only increase it 5% basically. So they've limited the amount of the rent increase as well. Now, I know that there are some changes to also tenant protection, meaning that there are some changes in regards to if you have to ask somebody to vacate the property. What does that look like now? And what did it look like before? So there's not just cause, and then there's just cause evictions. Just cause evictions are they didn't pay their rent. They've done something against the lease that you could take them to court for and have them have an eviction on their record and get them to move out. Not just cause is you're doing a major renovation that's going to take longer than 30 days. And major meaning asbestos, you got lead paint in there, major plumbing, you have to have the roof off, but it's going to be a while. The tenants really do have to move out. You're going to sell the property and take it off the rental market. You're going to move in a family member, items like that. If you're trying to do like a quick renovation and then you're going to flip it back onto the market, that does not work. The state has said you have to have it off for a certain amount of time. However, AB 1482 does not designate what that time is. And it's always a catch-all because it's going to be at the judge's discretion. Whereas in the city of Oxnards, they're saying we would like that to be 24 months, that the property would have to be off the rental market in order for you to put it back on and bring it up to market rent. I always say to people, if you have to take them to court, you're not paying them out. But if you are not, you're just asking them to move, you're going to give notice. And with that notice in the city of Oxnard, you're going to be giving two months rent or $5,000 whichever is greater. Now that doesn't mean a two months rent credit. That means you're literally giving them a check. So if you have a $3,000 rental, you're giving them a $6,000 check. And that has to come with the notice or the notice would not be effective. So you have to give them the money at the time of the notice, basically for them to be able to have the money to relocate. And before with California tenant protection, that was one month, correct? One month. Yeah. You, you could, And you could also do a rent credit. So that's the one thing that's still sort of kind of up in the air. They said that they want the two months or the $5,000. What we're requesting is that possibly they would let us do the rent credit. So if you have a $1,000 unit, mm-hmm. you could give a $1,000 credit. Then if you'll still owe that $4,000, but you're giving that instead of both. Because we know that there's a lot of folks out there that if you have a $3,000 rental, you have one month security deposit on it, you may not have that $3,000 and it's easier just to give a rent credit, but they're still, that one's still up in the air. They approved like five major things on last Tuesday's meeting. And that was the 5,000 or two month rent, whichever is greater to buy out. The 5%, the fact that the city manager will be making decisions based if you want it for more than 5%, which could happen. They all agreed that the Tenant Protection Act would end in 2030 before that was set to be for eternity. They were not putting a a sunset set on that. So that was huge. Still what's on the books are, what are those fines going to look like? There's going to be a registration 
and a registration fee. Right now they're looking at about $50 per door. The funding for this is going to be about 1.25 million. So they're going to have to come up with how they're going to fund this program. Also, they have a notice program. The notices are very heavy what they're asking for. They're asking for a sign on every rental. So even if you have a single family home, you're going to have to have a sign up about these tenant protection and how they play out, as well as your renewal, your leases. Everybody has to be notified at the time that it happens. And they have a quick turnaround time. So what we're asking for currently is like a 90-day turnaround time because the way that, that the last draft was set is for 30 days. But we saw with AB 1482, which gave us eight months, that people still to this day have not, <laughs> have not notified their people. Though AB 1482 does not have a fine associated with that. If you have not given them notice, the coverage automatically stands. Oxnard saying is, oh no, you will give notice. It will be registered with the city and there's a fine assessed if it's not done. And there's only a very quick turnaround time. So basically, not only do you have to give notice to the courts or the person, but you also have the, basically the eviction process is changing for the city of Oxnard, where now you have to give them the city notice as well, too. What will the city be doing with that notice? Is it just like they're registering the fact that this is going on? This is just to notice all the tenants that this program is in place. So that's one, but that's the other layer. The other layer is they're saying within 30 days, they would like every time you give someone a notice, which is a three-day pay or quit, all of your pay or quits have to go to the city. I know that when I was in talks with them, I had said, this needs to be 30 days because if you're looking at your major multifamily, the 400 units, that could take them 75, it could be like 75, 100 notices because a lot of people pay late. And when you're in multifamily, on the fifth, your grace period's over. On the sixth, they're out there with their notices. It's a business. They don't wait on notices. So all these notices are going to hit that city within that timeline that they're, they're asking for. And now you have all these mom and pops who might take a little bit longer. And are they going to get shuffled in the mix? And then in the meantime, now people have paid them off. So how are they going to pull out the ones that have been paid off? I just see like this whole big mess. pile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to call it a pile. And uh, yeah, so they have this mess and they have to take care of it. So I've said, why don't you wait to the end of the month? And anyone who's truly going to be evicted or going into court, you would then receive that notice. Now let's talk about some of the things that have to be posted. I know that you said that for every property, there has to be a registration or some sort of notice that's posted. Is that on every unit or is that just per every property? And for example, let's say that it's like a 25 unit building. Is that just like in a, in a common area or is that in every hallway or every door? And what does this notice actually say or what will it say? So the notice itself is going to explain what the tenant protections have. They have not decided on how it's going to work for the posting. The way I think that they're envisioning it is it's sort of like your Proposition 65. You're going to have a notice that's put up for your multifamily, but then every single tenant has to be notified. And they're not saying if they have to be served, you know, so are they posted and mailed? Can they just be posted on doors? Can they be given to somebody in the unit that's over 18? They haven't really explained that portion out, but every tenant gets notified. And then there's also a sign. And then it has to be in the renewals and in the leases. 
I know that the California one, it didn't apply for certain units before a certain age. Is that applicable now for the Oxnard where it's every, it doesn't, the age does not matter anymore, basically. Because it's a tenant protection, mm-hmm. Rasta Hawkins does not apply. So it's all your single family units, all your ADUs, all your granny flats, any unit out there, it does not matter the age. So let's talk about like the group cause who is behind this. Some people may be watching this video and say, well, thank God I don't have any rental properties in Oxnard. All my rental properties are in Ventura. Or they may be saying all my rental properties are in Port Wainimi, or they may be saying they're in Santa Paula or Fillmore. Can you tell us if any other cities have something similar to this going on? And if so, what maybe recommendation landlord clients, what can they do to get someone involved? I love this question (laughs) because I'm all about getting involved. They actually have been coming down the coast for a while. Oakland has tenant protections and, and rent stabilization in place. Parts of Riverside also do. Santa Barbara was the first one hit where they went to that city council and said, hey, we want to change. They ended up at the last second with the two months clause as well. Then they started in and they sort of kind of hit all the city councils. They reached out and they said, can we give a presentation? Port Wainimi, I believe, said no. Oxnard had said no for a while. Ventura said, sure, we'll see it. I believe Santa Paul and Fillmore also said the same thing. And then there was a changing of the guard when Tim Flynn left Oxnard. And then the city council was like, yes, we want to see it. We want to see what you have. It sort of kind of shifted. The tide was really pushed to Ventura. Ventura said, hey, we want to wait to 2023. It was not in the minds of Oxnard. And then all of a sudden we had rent control in Oxnard. In the meantime, Cause has gone back to Ventura. And just last Monday, so they were busy last week. <laughs> on Monday, they had a conversation with them. And it was just supposed to be a presentation. And it turned out to be There was actually comments, not only by city council members, but by a cause. There are tenants that are having problems. You know, they spoke. It's really hard to hear because a lot of, they are having issues. I don't know where rent control ever truly helps because what they want is less rent, but rent control doesn't deduct rent. It just says we can't raise it any more than, and it really does not give more affordable housing because that's what everyone wants is affordable housing. That's just not there. What they're asking for now is that they understand that the city of Ventura wants to wait till 2023, but because that there is limited housing, they would like an interim emergency rent control as well as tenant protection. And they would like it set at 2% cap and three months to buy out. That's why I call that, I call it a buyout fee. (laughs) Whatever you want to call it, it's that tenant protection fee, but they would like that set at three months. And then from there, I think then they'll, they'll move along. It looks like Santa Paula and Fillmore. We're not really seeing much out of Port Wainami, so I even hate to even say it. (laughs) So how can our landlord clients get involved? Meaning like, is there anything that they can do? Because I know that when you called me, you said, hey, look, Jose, this is what's going on. At first, my immediate reaction was, nothing I can do about it. You know, I'm only one landlord, but what's happening at these meetings, at least my understanding is that you're getting 70, 80, a hundred, 200 testimonial from tenants. And maybe you're getting three, four, five testimonials from landlords, because during this whole situation, not only has tenants been affected, but it's also been landlords that have been affected as well too. What would you say would be the best way for them to kind of stay up to date if maybe if they own properties in Ventura, Fillmore, Santa Paula, how can they get involved? Right now in Ventura, the city of Ventura has, I think it's eight different districts and they all have their own separate meetings. They're assigned council member 
holds this meeting with his constituents and then they go back to the city council and have their major mm -hmm. meeting. That's where the owners need to go. They need to speak up every time there's a meeting. They're just not hearing from owners. I know at Oxnard, I called everybody. I was a 911, like we need owners. We had more owners there than we've ever seen. There was over a hundred callers, 14 of them were owners or CAA or AGLA, VCCAR, which is your local real estate association here in Ventura County, as well as myself and I believe two other property managers. So they really feel like all the owners are treating these folks this way. And we're saying, we understand that there's you now one bad apple, but you're, it's the whole bunch that's being subjected to this. It's really hard because if, if you're looking at it and someone's trying to sell and they're paying that out and then these folks have to move, how is that all really going to work? Is that, is that really going to help them find a new place? Probably not. I personally think that the way to solve the affordable crisis is to make development of properties a lot easier. I'll, I'll share a quick story. I, I have a property that I bought with code violations and it took me four years to get permits in the city of Oxnard. Mm -hmm. That property could be providing affordable housing, yet it sat vacant for four years because of all the code violations that the property has. So the more supply or the more that more houses that are available, the more competition or the more options that tenants have, hence the less that prices will increase at the same time, this almost makes it at least some feedback from clients. It makes it so that people that maybe were not raising rents for a long time now, because there is rent control, they're more inclined to increase the rent every year, just mm -hmm. not to be able to stay behind or not fall behind. Because if they fall behind, now they're never, ever going to be able to catch up. So it's almost like in some cases, it does the opposite as opposed to keep rents low. It actually makes it so that the landlords are increasing the rents because of their fear that if they don't, they're going to get so left behind. Are there any finishing words or anything else that you'd like to end the interview with? The final draft for the Oxnard City Council will be coming through in April for the April City Council meeting. That's when you really need to have your voice heard. Go through, read the draft that's currently online, familiarize yourself with it. My thought was, how much is that fine going to be because they, they plan on making it steep for the turnaround time. But there's something that doesn't read right. Write specifically to the city council on what your issues are. Because a form letter does not work. They really want to know from owners, how do you feel about this? How it's going to affect you? This is going to happen. So if you have something to say, now's the time to say it before it becomes a final draft. Because we're going to have it for eight years. Where would they go and say this? Like, is there a phone number? Is there a website? So this next one's going to be in April and they would just sign up for that. It's probably going to be another special meeting. So they just need to find out it's either going to be at city council or it will be at a special meeting where they'll make these decisions. So they want to make sure that they're speaking about it. They can also reach out to me at Janet at rent805.com. And I will be glad to give them that date as once it's dropped and send the new agenda to them. Because <laughs> unless they're informed, they can't help us. And we really want them. We really want their help to really take control of this is their investment. The last thing, and I forgot to cover this, we talked a little bit about some of the fees. Can you elaborate on anything like that? I know that you said steep. What does steep mean? If you've not noticed properly, or there's a problem on your rental that's covered under the tenant protections, you would get your notification with your fine. There will be a grace period for you to fix it, like a fix it ticket. But then if not, then you're incurred that, that fine. If you're an out-of-state owner, by the time that mail works, your fine's set. 
Make sure you're up to date. Make sure you have inspections done of your property. Make sure that you've walked them. Make sure you have your smoke detectors up. If there's a problem, if there's a life and safety that it's handled and make sure you get your notices out. Make sure people know about this. And, and it's really going to be a lot of education between owners and tenants. We, we've had that conversation with them several times. We did not see it in the, in the agenda. And we've asked for that every single time to please, can we please see an education piece? Good. And then if you aren't available to manage your rental properly, this is where somebody like Janet would get involved. This is where she can help. I want to say thank you, Janet, for taking the time to be here. For all of our viewers, this was episode number 102. We had Janet Sprissler with Rent805. She gave her email already, Janet at Rent805.com. We'll drop the agenda in the notes. So if you would like to see the previous agenda, we'll drop it. And then Janet, where is there a phone number where people can reach out to you or, or is email the best place to, to reach out to you? No, they can reach me at 805-776-8805. Now for our viewers, if you haven't subscribed, you like the information, make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you feel that this video is helpful in any way, shape or form, feel free to share it. Thank you guys so much. This is Jose Luis Morales, the residual real estate agent show. Our goal is to continue to provide value in the community. So make it a great day guys. And thank you, Janet, for being on the show.